Welcome to Arranging Us with Carventa Collins, the show where Carventa breaks down ideas and views on women's topics in a demystified way. The key is to put things in a neat and suitable sequence to bring out the most satisfactory adjustments in women's lives. This show will enable listeners to affect change, create new awareness, and move right into action while keeping in mind the bigger picture of balancing family life, social life, and last but not least, spiritual life. Now, here's your host, your biopsychosocial life coach, Carvinta Collins. Today, we will discuss fascinating things about the female body and sex. Now, just a reminder, I am not diagnosing anyone in this session. I am not a doctor, and this session is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast is intended to substitute for treatment provided by a mental health professional. The purpose of my sessions is to assist women in making changes in their lives through supportive guidance. The information I offer is based on my life and work experience. Now, I am going to take this time to say that if you have little children in your presence, please do not continue to listen until you are in a comfortable or in an adult space to receive the information that follows. I'll give you time to do whatever you need to do right now so that the babies can hear this adult conversation. Okay, I hope I gave you guys enough time. Y'all know I love the babies. Y'all know I love the baby arrangers. <laughs> it's not explicit or vulgar, but I just don't want the little ones to get introduced or exposed to this before they need to. This next five-week cycle of sessions will speak on sex and intimacy in the bedroom. Now, let's get to it. Before I jump right into sexual intimacy that women explore, I want to know, Do you think you can improve your sex life with your husband? Do you understand the physiology of the clitoris? Do you ever spend time checking your sexual wellness? We are going to explore and demystify sexual intensity in an informal way while considering one of the five interactive forces, the biological force and how we can think of sex in a healthier way. I couldn't wait to get on this topic. After all, I really found some fascinating things about the female body and how sex is an important part of it because some of us are taught that it is not something we should seek out or enjoy. It is really for the man. Mm. I just wanted to kind of change that perspective just a little. So, I wanted to just dig into certain things about our bodies that can make us get a little more comfortable with the topic. So, did you know that the clitoris, its only function is pleasure? 
And sometimes I see it being underappreciated by the woman and the man. Well, in this podcast, we will give it its proper due. And it is worth all the conversation. The clitoris is one of the most sensitive areas on a woman's body and gives more than meets the eye. And it's time to stare this thing down and become educated on our sexual functions as women because not understanding it can lead to some severe loss, an unsatisfied sex life, and other disruptions in our lives. Let's start by defining the clitoris, which is a small, sensitive, erectile part of the female genitals at the anterior end of the vulva. It is the most sensitive, erogenous zone. Did you know that the clitoris has about 8,000 sensitive nerve endings, which is double the amount of a penis? Let me say that again. 8,000 sensitive nerve endings, double the amount of a penis. Again, (laughs) 8,000? Double the amount? (laughs) This means, ladies, it's time not to ignore the sensations of it all. But it doesn't stop just right there. Can you believe that the sensations spread across the pelvic area, affecting about 15,000 other nerve endings as well? It swells up when aroused and can give you a feeling like no other. Some of y'all women know what I'm talking about. But guess what? Just a side interesting fact about your clitoris, that it grows even more after menopause. That's interesting. (laughs) Okay, so they say about 50 to 75% of women need clitoral stimulation to achieve orgasms, which means that some women need something more than just vaginal intercourse to reach an orgasm. And the clitoris plays a significant role in that. Okay, so now, Let's define orgasms for women. An orgasm is a physical reflex brought on through sexual stimulation, most commonly that of the clitoris, which is the most sensitive organ in the vagina. It's built up to a time frame during sexual stimulation where there's just this enormous release of pleasure. It releases endorphins known as the feel-good hormones, which can make you sleepy, relaxed, or even happy afterward. For females, the muscles in the vagina and anus may contract roughly once per second for around five to eight times. The heart and breathing rates may increase, the vagina may become wet, and it may even ejaculate this fluid. The percentage of females who ejaculate can range from 10 to 70 percent. Researchers estimate that our orgasms may last for around only 20 to 35 seconds. But trust me, it is worth 
those seconds. So back to what I said earlier, that the clitoris only function is pleasure. It has absolutely zero reproductive functions and exists to make you feel amazing. But some would disagree and say that that's not true. And they are trying to examine more. But at this time, this is facts until they explore it a little more. But its reasoning is pleasure. And in fact, is such a one-note organ that it should usually be left alone after an orgasm with nothing left to do. Stimulation on a now-exhausted clitoris can lead to pain or some discomfort to touch. But every clitoris is not the same. We are all different, so why wouldn't our bodies be as well? Some clitoris is shaped differently sized differently and more hidden than others and some are extra sensitive and may require very little stimulation or extra time to get there. So back to what I said earlier that the clitoris only function is pleasure. It has absolutely zero reproductive functions and exists to make you feel amazing. But some would disagree and say that that's not true and they are trying to examine more but at this time this is facts until they explore it a little bit more but its reasoning is pleasure in fact it's such a one-note organ that it should usually be left alone after an orgasm with nothing left to do stimulation on a now exhausted clitoris can lead to pain or uncomfortable to touch but every clitoris is not the same. We are all different. So why wouldn't our bodies be as well? Some clitoris is shaped differently, sized differently, and more hidden than others. And some are extra sensitive and may require very little stimulation or extra time to get there. Don't be afraid to explore what works and what doesn't with your husband and try to explain to him all the fascinating things you just heard from me and see if you guys can come up with some actions to take to explore in a fun and exciting way. That's why it is heartbreaking to hear about female genital mutilation. Maybe I'll do a deep dive episode on that or I might just talk about this in my sociocultural episode. Because here I am, speaking that its only function is for pleasure. And in other countries, they remove it just because of that reason and more. So I think we should be appreciative of having the freedom to explore this area of our bodies in this way. Now while moving on, I want us to just think about the health benefits of female orgasms and the sensations from the clitoris. It can help you sleep better. And that will fall under better sleep quality, right? We all need that. <laughs> it releases a hormone called oxytocin, which can regulate anxiety. So think about that, women. It is an antidepressant. It can even reduce the risk of heart disease. Now, this one? 
has me on edge. And I just couldn't believe it at first. But researchers say that it can even reduce the risk of cancer, such as ovarian cancer. Like in a man, they say it reduces their prostate cancer risk. That is so interesting to me. Now, let me speak about the different types of orgasms you can have, like the one we have been focused on, the clitoral orgasm the vaginal orgasm, the blended orgasm with the clitoral and vagina together, and the anal orgasm, which some would call the G-spot orgasm, the multiple orgasms, the imagery-induced orgasms, and the nipple orgasm. I hope I am giving you enough information to have you research these things yourself in a healthy way so that you can go forward with confidence and joy to be able to explore in the right way. Also, certain sex positions are a huge part of exploring as well. Now, I will say we all have different tolerant meters when it comes to sex. And as a Christ follower, I wanted to explore certain positions and could not find any that did not use imagery that has some uncomfortable images. But I did find a Christian website called ChristianFriendlySexPositions.com that give over 280 sex positions. It is a clean resource for sexual positions, sex routines, and sex tips. They say on their website that it is described in a tasteful, God-honoring, marriage-focused manner. I just wanted to throw that out there. Basically, (laughs) I am trying to convey that we, women, we are the bomb.com. Look at your clitoris and say, you are the (laughs) bomb.com. I am just kidding. (laughs) My goal is not to make anyone conceited or boastful. (laughs) But I am just saying Ladies, God made us this way, with clitoris and all, complicated, loved, and explored. Now just think, our sexual arousal is a neurovascular phenomenon involving nerve-regulated vascular reactions. It goes through phases like the excitement stage, the plateau stage, and so forth. Now, according to ClitorisEncyclopedia.com, Masters and Johnson described this early phase of sexual response as the excitement stage. As stimulation continues, the woman enters a plateau stage, an advanced state of arousal that immediately precedes orgasm and is characterized by further vasocongestion and swelling of the clitoris and other external genital organs. As a result, the clitoris shortens and withdraws beneath the clitoral hood. This is sometimes mistaken as a sign of diminished arousal, but in fact, it is a physiological manifestation that the women's sexual response is increasing. Orgasm 
is the next stage. It follows soon after and provides a release of sexual tension. The climax is marked on average by 3 to 15 contractions or pulsations that occur at close intervals. During the final or resolution stage, the orgasm triggers the release of the pooled blood in the clitoris and other engorged areas. Within 5 to 10 seconds following sexual climax, the clitoris returns to its normal unaroused state. Though the clitoris may remain sensitive to further stimulation immediately following this resolution, women, unlike men, do not experience a refractory period when they are incapable of experiencing another orgasm. As a result, if sexual stimulation continues, women can become aroused again and achieve multiple orgasms. What? <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies? <laughs> we keep going and going and going. <laughs> you can't tell me that we are not beautiful and breathtaking creatures that God created in this world. We give so much attention to the men in their sexual space, but do not give the time to women in theirs. We can become aroused again and again. That is amazing. I'm sorry, I am going into a rant, but I'm just saying, again and again, achieve multiple orgasms? Wow, okay, back to the point. Now, after orgasm does not occur after arousal, sexual tension gradually diminish as pooled blood slowly leaves the clitoris and other genital areas. Now, let's talk about the neuroregulation of female sexual responses affecting the central mechanism. It activates the medial preoptic region, the anterior hypothalamic region, and the related limbic hippocampal structures. The spinal mechanisms involve the spinal cord reflexes that are mediated by genital afferents involving sympathetic, parasympathetic, and somatic activity. The peripheral mechanisms is the mechanism of vaginal engorgement during sexual arousal, involves vasodilation and significant changes in vaginal tone. Look, from a biological standpoint, it is so much we can get into. I still want to break it down in an informal way, but please look into these things on your own time. I think you will come away with a better understanding of who you are and how you function within your sexual space. I'm telling you, we are the bomb, say it with me, what.com. <laughs> now, if you have a female sexual dysfunction or an orgasm disorder, I hate labeling, but I just want to take the time to tell you that you have support. There are many doctors, prayer warriors, and resources that can help you in these areas. So please 
please reach out and not be afraid to get real and comfortable about your sex life. And now it's time for Carventa's personal account rundowns, where personal stories are humbly shared. Now, arrangers, sit back, relax, and let's begin. Well, here is part of the show where I sometimes share a personal story of mine or someone else's. I can even sometimes rant about the topic I am speaking on. Okay, man, I was going to tell you a joke about the clitoris, but I've reconsidered. To a lot of women, it's a sensitive spot. (laughs) Come on. Cece Giggles is on a roll. I wish Sharon Nuggets was here. Because that was funny. Sensitive spot, clitoris being sensitive. This is absolutely the best one. Absolutely, hands down, the best one. I think I said the last time. But this one is the best one. You guys have to love it. (laughs) I think I am going to take my comedy show on the road. If podcasting doesn't work out, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell my internet jokes for a living, okay? (laughs) So, (laughs) my personal account rundown is about women's sex drives being different and how I become known to know my sexual drive. I know that I am constantly and consistently changing with fluctuating hormones and equally fluctuating sexual needs. But I will break down how my sexual experiences changed with my age and life's circumstances. But as of late, I've noticed I am having a healthy and balanced sex life. I remember a time that I used to see sex in a negative light. I saw it as something you just do for the man because the way I saw it was man controlled the relationship, guiding how it would go and how it would turn out. And women controlled the sex. If the man loves you and does what he was supposed to do and is responsible in the marriage, then the woman will be satisfied and bring delight to the marriage. And if the woman creates a healthy sex environment for the man, it will give the man satisfaction. Not saying that that was just all wrong. It just personally led me down a path that made me only do it for him and not necessarily for me. Now remember, I got married four days after I turned 20, so I was young. Like I always say on this podcast, you are uniquely yourself. And I believe all women have different sex drives. Some have a high libido, which increases the desire for sex. And for some women, it takes a little longer to get turned on because of their lower level of desire. And some are just slightly in the middle or leaning one way or the other. So for me to find out or analyze my sex drive, I created a sexual wellness chart for myself with my clitoris front and center. I 
sort of became friends with it. <laughs> so I am going to give you an insight into my fascinating journey on how I intentionally introduced myself with my libido. I first started to read up on it and tried many methods. Some worked and some didn't. Then I realized that I did not go to God first about what he thought about it. So I spent much time in the garden with God and became completely transparent with him about how I didn't have wisdom and knowledge when it comes to my sexual self. After increasing my spiritual man, I know this is going to sound strange, but once I felt the nudge that I laid sex at Jesus' feet, I became at peace with what I can give and how I can give. I gave myself in my bedroom. I know we are not speaking from the spiritual force perspective, but I felt 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 4 came alive at that moment, declaring something like the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. This stuck out to me, and I became very interested in what the Bible had to say about the matter. I studied and meditated on the Word of God, which I will probably share in the Spiritual Force episode of how I was able to relax my body and quote scripture that helped me get into the mood. After kids hanging on me all day with dirty dishes in the sink, not having time to have a social life, looking at the new beauty standards, and noticing that I don't fit in it well, try to be holier than thou and not become aroused in the bedroom these are the things I was dealing with and I created a meditation that helped me get into the mood I will I would just I would just go to a quiet area and just spend some I'll I'll just spend some time on it but for right now we'll go over that in the spiritual episode so back to what I was saying after understanding that my husband has a say-so with my body as I did with his, I started seeing what I could do to improve. So I started to eat food that boosted my libido. Yes, I am going there. Mm-hmm. Foods. Uh-huh. I tried walnuts, strawberries, watermelon, almonds, peaches, and grapefruit. I mean, I even tried avocados, something I am not too fond of. I just realized that, you know, any healthy food is good for sex. That's interesting. There are foods out there to help you with your vaginal health and hygiene, like cranberries. That's for vaginal health. Sweet potatoes is for fertility. Probiotics-rich foods, omega-3 fatty acids, that's for better circulation and sex drive. Apples for orgasms, avocados for your womanly walls, leafy greens help decrease vaginal dryness, and many more. This is just what I found for me. Please do your own research on your own time and come up with a diet that best suits you. Some researchers name other foods as well 
that you might want to check out. ABC Action News named some, and here's the clip. On this Valentine's Day, we're taking action for your health and happiness with an easy way to boost your libido and improve your sex life. It all has to do with the food you eat, so tonight we're talking to a nutritionist about the sex diet. For great sex, you have to really look at the components. There are three phases to great sex. One is the libido or the sex drive, the drive to have sex. The second is the blood flow. Very, very important um, in order to build up that pleasure aspect, which is, of course, the last phase of the sex and the one we're all looking for. Nicolette Pace is a clinical nutritionist touting a sex diet for those looking to improve their love lives. First, to lift your libido. Protein is going to be tops on the list. Um, if you look at the interaction between amino acids and hormones in the body, we need proteins. We need those essential amino acids to help uh, get, that, get that ball rolling, so to speak. Among her favorites, Florida's finfish or shellfish. So if you go out to dinner on Valentine's night and you order the shellfish, is it going to have a reaction quick enough to work for Valentine's Day night? Absolutely. And you can actually botch up your Valentine's Day dinner by choosing something like a heavy pasta or fatty dish. Um, tonight is not the night where you necessarily want to become lethargic and end up uh, sleeping away the evening. Pace says peanuts, tuna, chicken breast, and watermelon are superfoods. So what's so special about watermelon? Watermelon is nature's Viagra. It's not only crunchy, juicy, and tasty, but it has um, one of the highest concentrations of L-citrulline. It's improving um, nitrous oxide formation, which is, is very, very important for, for blood flow and, and the vascular system. Um, nitrous oxide has been studied in terms of cardiovascular diseases. And of course, the old standby, chocolate. Now here's the science behind that. You're looking at theobromine, you're looking at the, the cacao plant itself. This dark chocolate component is very, very good for both mood, enhancing some of these uh, neurotransmitter and hormonal responses. Now, I don't know about shellfish or shrimp, but whatever works, works, right? <laughs> Did you catch that watermelon is natural? Viagra? Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, if you have underlying conditions and are on a particular diet like diabetes and have certain foods you can't eat, I understand. And I found out that diabetes may affect sexual functions in women and may interfere with sexual functions in you. So, you should definitely have that talk with your doctor. Even having vaginal dryness, postmenopausal symptoms, bloating, headaches, nausea, bleeding, or just mood changes, these are all things you need to speak with your doctor about. So after digging deep, I even discovered that I had a condition that was not helping me at all. I had endometriosis and other medical conditions that affected my sex drive. So I am saying, please find out about yourself and become more aware of why or what is making you not want to have sex or why you can't improve your sex life. Case at 12, even give this new laser treatment that restores sexual wellness in women a try. And here's the clip. It's a personal and for many embarrassing issue to talk about, but it affects millions of women, whether it's from childbirth, menopause, or due to treatments of breast cancer. Many women struggle with intimate dryness, pain, even incontinence. But now there's a non-surgical option, and it's giving women their sexual lives back.
It is a wonderful machine that women have been waiting for forever. This is the core intima laser, and it's giving many women back something they thought was gone forever, normalcy. It's a CO2 radiofrequency device that helps with incontinence, vaginal dryness, pain, um, laxity. For women like Surgery Kathy Smith, it's been life-changing. Being a breast cancer survivor, I can't take the normal hormones that most people can take, so I needed something different. Without estrogen, was Kathy was experiencing what many women do, dryness. The core intima restores moisture, actually rebuilds and tightens the vaginal wall, and also relieves mild incontinence. With each rotation that I make, I'm making this pattern internally, and I just keep moving and overlapping to make a full resurface and then I slowly remodel the whole vaginal canal as I retract. Every patient is given their own sterilized internal device, so it's sanitary, it's a quick procedure, and it's painless. For three minutes, we usually do three treatments a month apart, and you could do it over your lunch hour really easily, but it is pain-free. I've had two treatments now, and it's been amazing. I mean, I'm 100% better. Patients can return to work, exercise, even shower right after the procedure. The only restrictions? You have to refrain from anything internal, tampon sex, for about seven days post-procedure. For Kathy, that was a small price to pay to feel normal again. Very much worth it. I would recommend it to anybody that's having, you know, a problem with dryness because it really does work. Now... I do not endorse or even agree with this method due to my lack of research in this area, but I was trying to just show you that you are not alone and there are methods or treatments out there from a biological standpoint that can help. But back to what I was saying, I started eating those types of foods and at the same time created a sexual wellness chart where I made a pie graph and had my emotions behind my sexual desires displayed on my chart. Did I have sexual safety and security? Did I have a healthy sexual respect and self-esteem that gave me resilience in my sexual experiences? Did I have comfort with my sexuality with God and my husband? Basically, could I go to God or my husband about my personal feelings, about my sexual activities, concerns, or excitement. My sexual well-being scale was not off, but I really wanted to have a balanced, peaceful, and tight reign on my sexual nature. I started to find what I liked and what I didn't like. So with my foods, my sexual pie chart, in my meditation on God's holy book, I became more hyper-aware, more involved, and confident in how I was in the bedroom. Now that I have given you my personal account, we should look for ways to increase, improve, or become comfortable with our sexual side. My simple advice today is just to become aware of your sexual experiences and make them beneficial, fruitful, and satisfying. Now I just want us to leave with an understanding of how we see ourselves sexually. Ladies, overall, I pray that we can find comfort in ourselves when it comes to our sexual domain. First, 
we should try different foods to improve our sex life. Then, I would like for you to check in from time to time on your sexual wellness, making your own personal charts and see if there are any spots you need to improve on. <laughs> spots. <laughs> I am just thinking of the joke I told earlier. <laughs> Sensitive spots. <laughs> Sensitive spots. Okay. Okay, last but not least, check out the Sex Chat for Christian Wives podcast. I will leave a link in the description. You do not have to be a wife or a Christ follower yet to really get good, wholesome, healthy information about your sexual self. I believe that this podcast can help a lot of women. They speak on many topics, and to be honest, I could not do the information they give any justice, so I just decided to share their information so that you can receive all of it on your own time. Reach out to me through email and let me know how it goes. So at this time, I would like to thank my family, friends, and all the women who encourage me every day to be simply me and not overcomplicate who I am and I have to give a personal shout out and thank you to new arrangers Rochelle Johnson and Nada Archie thank you for becoming an arranger listener by supporting this podcast on Patreon so a big shout out to you thank you so much ladies for the support this is what it's all about supporting other women who are trying to make a difference this helps with software equipment, better materials, and other podcasting stuff as well. Again, thank you. If you like how I broke down the biological force dealing with sex, please stay tuned for the next episode. I will break down the psychological force when it comes to women and sex. Again, if you have little children in your presence, please do not continue to listen until you are in a comfortable or in a thought space to receive the information. So please become an arranger today. This podcast is growing out of hard work and created with love. You are so much appreciated and I'll see you in the next session. Thank you for listening to Arranging Us with Carvinta Collins. By choosing to spend a portion of your limited time today with your ears and brain space, we hope this session has been beneficial and fruitful. Come back often, and we will appreciate it if you subscribe, share with others, post about it on social media, and rate and review. Please support us on patreon.com forward slash arranging us or donate on Cash App using cash.app forward slash dollar sign arranging us. And most importantly, visit Carvinta Collins Life Coaching website to book an individual session on a budget at survivingscarsuccessfully.com. Again, the website is survivingscarsuccessfully.com to find extra resources and more products. It's very much appreciated. We humbly thank you for listening and remember to detect, check, affect, and accept what's going on in your life. Have a blessed rest of your day.